0: Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-host. She wants room service, (laughs) Whitney Nelson. Hello. And D is for dumbness and despair, desertion, E is for Evan Wells.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Those yes. are good ones. That was, that's too deep of a pull, perhaps. We'll get there, it'll be fun. <laughs> if you listen in reverse order, these all make sense eventually. So, <laughs> right out of the gate, you might be noticing this brand new badass podcast artwork. Oh yeah. We would like to thank Jen Giese for making that a reality for us. And uh, we think it really captures the major Keanu characters we've seen over decades of, of his work here. If you want to see her other stuff, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Jen underscore illustration, and we'll add some links to her stuff in the show notes as well. So I I love it. I think it looks amazing. Is that M-S-Jen or M-I-S-S-Jen? It's M-I-S-S-Jen underscore illustration. Got it. So as we always do when we enter a new year in Keanu's career, we like to paint a picture of what was happening in the world at large, as well as on screens, both large and small. So 1988- we are happy to say that Evan is finally alive. Yeah! Yes!
1: <laughs> we made it, everybody.
0: Nice. All right. Thank we you, We are now for in the era us. of Evan.
1: Oh, <laughs> the age of Evan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> World news: uh, the, we had the Iran-Iraq war, space shuttle Discovery launches. We got a stealth bomber that was unveiled, Ronald Reagan's war on drugs. Boo. Ooh. bunch of other bummer news. I don't even want to go into it. It's such a bummer. Yep. <laughs> but 1988 was an amazing year for films. If you just had to watch movies from 1988, you would actually be set forever. Yeah, no,
1: looking at this list that you put together for like what came out in 1988, I was like, these are some of my favorite movies. Right? And all of them are great.
0: Yeah. It was a great mix of comedy, drama, some action films. Let's go through. Rain Man, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Big, Twins, Die Hard, The Naked Gun, Cocktail, Beetlejuice, uh, Fish Called Wanda, Scrooged, and The Last Emperor, which was our Best Picture winner that year. And it got nine Oscars, which is incredible. Yeah. Wow. So wait, this, again, we have to find out. You're only allowed to watch one of these the rest of your life. Oh, this is really, really difficult.
1: That's a hard one. Only one of these for the rest of my life.
0: I'm going with Roger Rabbit. (laughs) That is Okay. Wow. Why? What is it about that movie? I I don't know. I must have watched it. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. 50 times
2: in in my childhood and beyond, and it's just, you know, it's just
0: a wonderful movie.
1: Uh, I think A Fish Called Wanda.
0: Oh, man. Beetlejuice is up there, too. I might be... I'm going to go with The Naked Gun. I think Leslie Nielsen, for me, is one of the funniest people that ever lived. And yeah. every time I see him just play it straight, he's mm-hmm. still the funniest person on screen. Yeah. Uh, on the small screen, we had The Wonder Years, which was one of my favorites growing up, Mystery Science Theater 3000, and Roseanne. And I didn't put this in the notes, so
2: this just kind surprise. of a little note
0: here Uh-oh. for this. You can't get through 1988 without mentioning this.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I did that. Nice.
1: That's such a good song.
0: It really is. I, you, you can't even knock it.
1: Of all of the songs to become a meme, I'm so glad that was one because mm. like I actually like hearing it, whereas there's a lot of other stuff that I would not have wanted to hear over and over and over again when it was in its popularity. That was yeah, a great one. It's delightful.
2: And it's mixed with a great music video, which was what helped it become a (laughs) meme,
0: right? I love the wall kick, the backflip wall Mm -hmm, kick. mm -hmm, Everything mm -hmm. about it is just great. Mm -hmm. So with that, let's move into the synopsis of our movie on this episode, The Night Before. This is Winston Connolly's Night on the Town, and he's determined
2: to make the most of it.
1: We're on the wrong side of the... But after one wrong turn, one big sip,
0: and <laughs> one low blow, he's in for the worst. If I start acting stupid, tell
1: me. Having
0: a toy store, he can explain. Hands of your head. Now, I confess. Insulting a pimp. Hi, he can rationalize. We
2: got a guy around here named Tito. 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 The man is dumb, but selling his girlfriend—he can't
0: even remember. That was taken from the trailer for the night before.
1: That's a wild trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It 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 lays everything out on the table for you. It
1: does. Uh, I I think that's interesting because we have this opinion that like trailers now give everything away or they were for a while. That was a big thing. I feel like maybe that's less now because everyone heard the complaints, but everyone was saying, you know, the trailers have all the best parts. That is everything that happens in the movie.
0: This, yeah. Yeah, really. Narrated, really. I kind of miss trailers being narrated. There's
1: like plot points that they actively try to keep secret in the movie itself (laughs) until a certain point that are just right there in the trailer.
0: Yeah. So uh, suffice it to say, sorry, spoilers for the (laughs) night before starting... (laughs) 50 seconds ago. (laughs) Not that we have to really run through it again, but the synopsis was pretty straightforward here. Mm -hmm. In this unusual teen comedy, the most popular girl in school embarks upon the worst date of her life and loses a bet and is forced to attend the prom with the school's biggest nerd. The trouble begins when her doofus date gets lost en route and they end up stranded on the worst side of town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also want to note that the tagline is amazing. We've Mm -hmm. had many great Keanu movie taglines. This is, you lost your father's car, sold your prom date, and a guy named Tito wants you dead. (laughs) Classic Friday, right? Yeah. It's like three pillars of the movie, quite literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. There are no secrets here. Mm -hmm. This was written and directed by Tom Eberhardt. Co-starring alongside Keanu is Lori Lachlan, once again, Teresa Saldana, Trinidad Silva, and Suzanne Snyder. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the critical and audience reception, Whitney. We're back at another piano movie. No critics I was have seen. excited
1: because we were finally in the... There's a critic score and an audience score. And now we're right back. There is no critic score for None. this one. And it is a 55% audience score. So I think that's generous, but we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 55% score on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I feel like most comedies can be a little polarizing. So you would, you know, have a Uh 50-50s. I don't know. Is there one comedy that you can think of that is kind of universally uh, loved, maybe? I don't know. Maybe one of the ones that we mentioned that came out this same year, actually. I was going to
1: say, like, Naked Gun? Coming to
0: America? Yeah, the Naked Gun. Coming to
1: America? I mean, not everyone has seen A Fish Called Wanda, but that is an incredibly funny movie. And everyone I know that has seen it has liked it. But that's also, you know, not a, that's not a very big sample size. That's just people I know.
0: (laughs) Did you read this? uh, I pulled this quote from Rotten Tomatoes. I actually went through and I just want to get your take, both of your takes on this. User Kojo O wrote, arguably the funniest and most entertaining teen oriented movie of the 1980s and the best of the date movie genre from that era. Keanu Reeves (laughs) at his best and most natural, a (laughs) pure classic. How are we feeling about what Kojo-O
1: said here? Yeah. Um, so. any I
0: mean, Is any
1: of this true? <laughs> not a single thing that he wrote is how I would describe this movie at all. Is he a troll, I guess? I,
0: well, I
2: mean, it depends on when he wrote it, right? If he wrote it in 1988, then it's probably <laughs> right. Keanu Reeves at his best. But. But uh, we have to assume that he, he stopped
1: watching time, movies wait, at he 19. went forward in time to go on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah, then went yeah. back to 88.
2: Right. He, he wrote it and he's like, just in case in the future, there's a <laughs> website for
1: this.
0: <laughs> What's a website, by the way?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is a teen crime caper about human trafficking full of racial stereotypes. And I put down here that it was a cross between Martin Scorsese's After Hours, Memento, and The Adventures in Babysitting.
0: Yeah. Wow. You're Whoa. great at marketing films. That's <laughs> unbelievable.
1: Um. So that kind of clues you into where this is going.
0: Yeah. I put it out on Facebook where I was asking people, what are some of their favorite films where... The essential premises: What did I do last night, or what did we do last night? Ala mm-hmm. the Hangover, which mm-hmm. would be like the modern and perhaps like logical closure point of this genre mm-hmm. that did it the best. I got a couple of really good ones: Memento, The Born Identity, The mm-hmm. Number 23, Eternal Sunshine, Total Recall, and Dude, Where's My Car?
1: Dude, Where's My Car is the first one that I thought of because I think yeah. for me, Dude, Where's My Car is maybe the first of the genre that I saw. Like the first movie like this, Dude, where's my car is the first one.
2: Okay. I think I saw
0: Born before I saw Dude, where's my car. Interesting. So that's first for me. Chronologically, hmm, I'm trying to think about Dude, where's my car definitely came out first.
1: I definitely oh, yeah. think it did, yeah.
0: Okay. So all right, good to know. That's that's kind of what we're dealing with here, s- story wise. Perhaps not executed as well as any of those other <laughs> films we mentioned. No, not
1: a, not <laughs> as well as a single one of those films.
0: <laughs> but you know, that's that's what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. So, getting right into it, Whitney, did this movie work for you?
1: Um, I mean, no.
0: <laughs> we're back to nose. Oh, oh man.
1: Uh, I I mean I've been those all along. I feel really bad about that. I'm starting to worry about being like having a, a typecast now that I <laughs> Have haven't like made a single the right one of the choice movies. To
0: being on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the it wasn't funny. Okay. It entirely plays on like every single scene is full of weird stereotypes and you know, there's so many just jokes about gay people being the butt of the joke and trans people being the butt of the joke and fat people being the butt of the joke and that's 99 percent of the what is comedic quote-unquote in this movie Mm -hmm. um so i think that that's a big thing is is just coming at it now with my perspective there's nothing that's actually funny in this movie like none of it is entertaining to me as a movie itself like i watched the whole thing i was in it the whole time i i didn't get bored or anything like that. So it's not one of those. And I, you know, there were some hijinks and things that were amusing, but I don't think all, I think all of the humor is based off of punching down essentially. And so that it didn't work for me as a comedy at all.
0: Yeah. That was definitely kind of on the meaner side of the eighties, right? Where you have,
1: here's the, the nerds and
0: you know, all those minority groups that you had mentioned. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Evan, what about you? Did this movie work for you on any level?
2: Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. It did work for me, Um, but very specifically within, I I just liked seeing Keanu in in this role. I just, I thought, I thought he did well. I thought he like played the like the doofus pretty well, and it it was. I think it would have been easy to overdo it, and you know, he got close at times, but there was there was enough moments where I was kind of just having like one of those short laughs and just was. Like, you know, entertained. And Mm -hmm. that's really all I was expecting from this. So um, all those other things you mentioned, you know, at some point, we talked about this towards the beginning of the podcast. It's, you know, putting yourself in that time frame and all that. And that kind of depends on what you're going to get out of the movie and what you're going to kind of ignore or what you're going to, you know, let impact your opinion of the movie and stuff. So that plays a part as well. But for the most part, I, I was... I was more, I liked it more than I thought I would going in.
1: I liked it less than I thought I would, but I will agree with what you said about Keanu. I think this was a a zany Keanu performance that we didn't really see before, even when he was doing the like ducky like character in the (laughs) gymnast movie. Um, Yeah. We didn't, we haven't really seen this from him before. And I do think that you're right in that he carried the whole movie very well and and did zany without going too over the top for the most part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think I'm going to probably. split the difference between both of you. I never... <laughs> you would. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's rare for me to go in and watch a comedy and actually laugh out loud. It's more of like an internal like, ha ha, ha that was a good joke, like in my head, right? And I just appreciate the joke for what it is. And that's not yeah. exclusive to movies, that's television too. right? I thought the pacing of this especially in the beginning when they are cutting back and forth between the present and the past was mm-hmm. really uneven for me and, and jarring like they they kind of hit you over the head like this is a memory do you hear the reverb on their voice it's a memory right yeah and if you're if you're in this to watch Keanu be goofy or Lori Lachlan's character be kind of a you know not so nice person which is kind of an awesome turn of character for her from the last time we saw her in Brotherhood, where she was very delightful. I think that's worth watching and Mm -hmm. very little else. I thought some of the editing I noticed, there are like these weird, really weird cuts they made, the cinematography and all that stuff was fine, I guess.
1: I feel like they, they got some ambitious people that didn't know how to execute being ambitious on this. Like the the storyline and the flashbacks and the whatever and and how it's told in almost a memento like way and whatever. I think there's some things where people were like, Ooh, let's do something different with this teen movie, but then no one actually had the ability to to see it through in a way. So Yeah.
0: That's all that's all I would that actually would have brought it way up for me if they followed through because they dropped the flashback thing, probably about 30, 40 minutes into the movie, and I thought that would have been really nice as a I know eventually like they, he has to just remember everything, but it would have been nice to to have that go a little bit longer, so mm-hmm. that would yeah. have, that would have made it a little bit better. I will say what I loved about this movie was the soundtrack, which mm. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have just a little clip here for anyone listening. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I pulled like our first introduction when they walk into the club. This is what's playing. And I, I was like amazed. The I club love
1: scene this. is the best scene by far. It
0: really is. That's I, I cut it right there. But that is... I was... Bopping along Mm -hmm. to that. So that was really, really, really fun. Those moments.
1: George Clinton was just George clinton ended it up in this.
2: Yeah. And I I spent the rest of the evening after watching this movie listening to more George (laughs) Clinton and P-Funk. That's
0: right. Alexa, play uh, George Clinton (laughs) indefinitely forever. (laughs) Sorry if you were having Alexa at your house and it just went off. Sorry again. I just said it. Amazon (laughs) cylinder. Let's call it that. That's awesome. So, do we have any other things we want to talk about at a high level, or do we want to get into our play-by-play?
1: Well, we've already talked about my high-level stuff. So,
0: Ev, anything you want to add? No, I'm. Uh, let's 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 go for a ride. Okay. All yeah, right. Whitney is going to yeah. be taking us away on this one. So, <laughs> whenever you are ready.
1: All right. So, the movie starts out with a montage of scenes of suburban America and a very weird audio choice of voiceover of Keanu waking <laughs> yes. up in the morning. <laughs> Uh, Like, it's not just, in this one, like, you were talking about, you already mentioned the audio, but this particular, at the very beginning of the movie, has, like, (sighs) extra stuff put on it? Yep. I don't know what they did to, and I guess they were trying to make sure that you knew that this was in his mind and not in real life or something, but anyway, it sounded terrible, and I was so glad when it stopped because I could not handle listening to it anymore.
0: There were so many weird moaning sounds. I was like, what is
1: happening here? So he's waking up in the morning, ostensibly has his eyes closed and he's thinking like, oh, where am I? Oh, I'm at home. Oh, but my bed feels kind of hard. And then he hears, like, his mother sort of trying to wake him up. And he's like, just a few more minutes and rolls over. But then he's blasted awake by a tractor trailer horn and blinding headlights that are barreling towards him. And surprise, he's laying on the ground in a dark alley. And Mm. he curls up into a ball and somehow the truck drives (laughs) over him and he is unharmed. Yep. Um, And then... He's laying on the pavement and you hear like some jazz and you hear like a lady laughing and a cat meowing. And he's wearing a white tux and has like a pink carnation in his lapel, but looks a little little dirty and a little worse for wear. Yeah. And uh, then someone in a hat looking kind of like a Latino Peter Falk comes over and like (laughs) leans over him and says, hey, kid, I hope you put the money in a safe place. And he says, do I know you? And the guy's like, that's funny. You're a comedian now. Uh, And if you know what's best for you, disappear yourself now. Get lost, sabe? And uh, Keanu's like, where are we? And the guy says, the way I see it, it's not where we are, but where you're going. And then he strolls away, congratulating himself on how smart he is for that witty, witty line. And Hmm. uh, Keanu struggles to sort of stand up and clearly doesn't have his bearings and tries to chase after the guy, but the guy's already kind of gone.
0: Like a thief yeah. in the night. Yeah. He disappears.
1: Latin Peter Falk is gone.
2: <laughs> it's so funny. I got like a, an overdone uh, Joe Pesci out of that guy. Like he was trying, like he started with Joe Pesci and then uh-huh. the director was like, no, 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 back off. Like that's way too Joe Pesci. And then in the next <laughs> scene, he's like, a, he's a different actor. And that was what I got. But I, I think I like yours a little more now that I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah. And the outfit was wild. I tried and uh, I started and stopped four times trying to write in the notes what his outfit looks like because, right. because I just can't even, my brain can't comprehend all of the pieces together as an outfit. <laughs> Needless to say, it is the first of many stereotypes of Latinos, but this one doesn't even make any sense because I've never seen any of those things on one person <laughs> before ever. So, yeah. Keanu sort of stumbles out of the alley and oh no he's in the bad part of town. And we see this because there's like a car that's been stripped and there's trash everywhere and et cetera, et cetera. He has no memory how he got there or the night leading up to where he's at now. He washes his face in barrel water in the street. So now I assume that this movie is about someone contracting Legionnaire's disease and syphilis (laughs) at the same time.
0: So bad. It was just the first of many terrible choices. Oh, Like a rusty, rusty Uh, 50. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I was horrified when he walked over to like a, like a it's the kind of barrel that if it didn't have the lid on it, hobos would be building fires in, but it's (laughs) full of water on the street, so that's clearly not good water. Anyway, that was, I really, it took me a long time to get over that. I missed most of the entire diner scene because I was too busy (laughs) thinking about this barrel of water he just put on his face. So, Keanu, who at some point in this, we have found out that his name is Winston. I think it was when his mom was trying to wake him up. Yes. I realized in my notes that I'd just been saying Keanu because no one had actually talked to him and used the character's name yet. Yeah. Um, right. But I do think that actually maybe his mom had said it. So his name is Winston and he stumbles into a divy coffee shop full of uh, downtrodden third shifters and homeless people, I guess. And yeah. there's a waitress who has a fly swatter and is clearly over this shit and ignores <laughs> him while he's trying to like call her over and do whatever and he eventually orders a coffee and a donut and asks where he is again and the waitress is all sassy and she's like you want information try 411 if you want coffee and donuts we can do that so she won't even tell him the address of the building
0: <laughs> least helpful person uh-huh. ever Very. just not, the neighborhood I, he's not asking for coordinates
2: <laughs> i got this weird feeling like sixth sense kind of feeling when he walked in there that he like that everybody in that coffee place was like not able to hear him or see him (laughs) because of they had none of them reacted at all to him entering except for the guy that he sat next to. Right. But it was just weird. Like they were just all very not interested in anyone else that was around them. And it kind of put me in the wrong direction for what they were trying to portray.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. So then he takes a sip of the coffee and it burns his mouth. Which sends him into a flashback <laughs> of sitting at a dinner table, burning his mouth on a slice of quiche, of all things, to show that they this family really puts like the white in white people, because <laughs> this coffee reminds him of burning his mouth on a quiche the night before at dinner.
2: Yes. Quiche holds heat.
1: Yeah. We find out in this flashback that he's about to go on a date with the prettiest girl in school, and that he's had dancing lessons, so he shouldn't be nervous about this, and that, oh, he's going to prom. And we find out in that order, and it's about that coherent in the movie. Um, And then, oh, snap, we see it's with Lori Loughlin. And she was homecoming princess and captain the pep squad. And I'm pretty sure that they say that she was model of the month at a mall five months running. Yeah. uh, Because they mentioned the Galleria, and that is a mall in L.A., and that's where they are. So, uh, Galleria, teen model of the month, five months running for a mall. So that's a thing.
2: Big accomplishment, really. <laughs> Very illustrious.
1: <laughs> and then his little brother sassing him, and basically the only reason anyone would have even heard of Keanu in his own school was because he's vice president of the astronomy club and that's it.
0: More more illustrious, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that's code for nerd, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so we're back in the diner. And uh, then there's a quick scare about not having any money in his pockets and getting beat up by this guy with a bunch of facial piercings from the kitchen for not having money to pay for his coffee and donut. But he finds a $5 bill and with it a parking receipt. So he goes yep. to the lot on the ticket and he has a flashback about popular kids laughing at him as he pulls up to pick up Tara to go to the prom. And then it was real quick, they're, you know, mean girling him as he goes up to knock on the door to get her. And then we flash back to present time and. He's lost the keys for the car. He's digging through his pockets. He sees a car in the lot. It's the only one in the lot. Uh, and some street tough named Danny Boy is like, I can help you with this. And pulls out that long metal thing that you use to put it into windows and jimmy open car doors. A, and, a slim jim. Uh, yeah, that's what they're called. Yep. And uh, so he's got one of those and he's like, while he's doing it, he's like, oh, nice radio. <laughs> um, and Keanu's trying to get information out of him and he's also not being helpful and then this guy's like you don't have keys right how are you going to drive it so he's like I can handle this and he gets in the driver's seat and hot wires the car and we all know where this is going Oh yeah, he immediately drives off without Winston stealing the car as everybody suspected that he would because he's a car thief
2: yeah so quick <laughs> car moment that was a <laughs> car moment 1986 um, Ford Mustang 5.0 which is effectively the American version of what he drove in Brotherhood of Justice.
1: Oh.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Pretty wild. Even maybe close to the same color, like a dark, yeah. like a deep red kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Patterns emerge. They continue <laughs> to emerge.
2: Oh, I also wanted to call out that we're getting a really nice early dose of the Keanu run. Yeah. Throughout, <laughs> really throughout this whole movie.
1: Yeah. But
2: you could just silhouette that man and everybody would be able to call out that run that Keanu has. Yeah, it is. It is. There's a lot of lateral movement in his run <laughs> with his head. <laughs> it's very fun to watch.
1: So, uh, as he's making a big noise and and sort of chasing but not chasing and yelling at the guy who's stealing his dad's car, he gets the attention of the guy in the booth who has the car keys uh, this whole time. And in this discussion with the the guy who's running the lot who has the keys we flash back again and we find out that tara asked him to go out because she lost a bet with another cheerleader and so she had to ask a nerd to go to the prom Mm. what i will say is i mean that's a shitty thing to do we all know that yep this is the only movie i've ever seen where there's a conceit about a uh like a bet being lost or won and everyone knows about it including the person who's like She had to ask out someone to the prom that you would not want to ask out. And Keanu Reeves knows that that's him. Winston knows. She doesn't want to be here, but she had to for the bet. And he's like, well, I'm going to try and turn it into a date anyway.
0: Absolutely. It's not a she's all that situation. It's... uh... Oh, my
1: God. I put it's not some kind of she's all that situation (laughs) in my notes. (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: That is almost verbatim what I had down to say. That's so so funny. Um yeah, so everyone knows it's all above board, even if it's shitty, it's at least honest.
0: I like his perseverance, though. He's he's He understands it. He's like, but look, I think I have a shot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Think... this is my window. I got to take it.
0: Right. Well, I, I love it. You know, he might be able to change her
2: mind. Mm-hmm. It's great.
1: So then we see that her dad is an imposing fella who <laughs> looks like he's a detective or a cop of some kind uh, with a cabinet full of guns and rifles mm-hmm. to whom Winston has promised to get his daughter back home by midnight. Yep, And that flashes him sort of back into the present where he's like, wait, where is she? Did I take her home? It's after midnight. Her dad's going to kill me. What did I do with her? Where's the girl? Uh, <laughs> and the parking attendant is like, he's not going to kill you. Tito's going to kill you first. And then Winston freaks out and starts yelling at the heavens because he's still so confused. And now Tito wants to kill him and he doesn't know who Tito is.
0: Yeah. I pulled that audio because I loved it so much. Just the yeah. yell into the heavens. Here. Yeah.
2: Something about a bad business deal is something you said.
0: I don't even know anybody named
1: Tito! (laughs) (laughs) I think that this is the most realistic part of the movie because I feel like that frustration would happen in a regular movie much later on. But at this point, no one's telling him where he is. The car just got stolen. Like a bunch of stuff has already gone down. But people just keep telling him stuff and drips and drabs and no one's actually giving him any information. And I think that that was a very real moment. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie.
0: Yeah, he hit his breaking point about when a normal human would. exactly. Yeah.
1: So then he goes to a a phone booth to call Detective Dad to see if he's heard from her, trying to do some sort of falsetto, pretending to be a friend, and is like, Oh, did she, after she got back home from the prom, did she call you? And then he messes up and says his own name and whatever. Um, It was terrible. But... Real bad. This also is one of the first of many off-color jokes of the, like, punching down stuff. Him talking in a falsetto on the phone attracts the attention of some random passerby in the bad part of town nearby who's like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Because he was talking like a girl on the phone. Anyway... (laughs)
0: Yeah, he, the guy just leering in the background, and then yeah. kind of, I re, he approached him in a, oh, it's a very disturbing kind of way, but yeah, absolutely.
1: But the the like, butt of the joke is, oh, this guy's gay and hitting on him. That's why it's so weird, and so that's that that keeps happening. That sort yeah. of thing. Uh, oh, this is so weird, and it's like, oh, wait, no, that's normal. That's just people. He, I mean, he did a good job of being creepy and predatory in the hitting on him, but
0: this is I, I want to right after this we get the the thing that breaks that predatory moment up yes, is the so. car drive his dad's car driving driving by,
1: by blasting s- this song like uh, George
2: Thorogood kind of music pretty yeah. much.
1: <laughs>
0: Is, is it the is the driver of the car making the vocal noises so never, that we're That <laughs> is
1: never once clear. And I asked it every single time that the car drove by. Is is this a song? Right, that he's playing, or is he thing. singing aloud this long?
2: <laughs> I, I think it was his voice.
1: I think they were trying to make it his voice because it was very rough and it was not in tune or whatever. But also, they never once show it and they show him like blasting it in the distance and the voice is just as loud. And I was (laughs) like, maybe it is the song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it happens four, maybe five more times throughout the movie. We'll talk about it. I don't want
1: to give anything away, but we'll talk about the car.
0: Okay, good, good.
1: We are not done there. Okay, so the thief drives by, blasting the music in his dad's car, and he chases it, and then he tries to flag down some cops that he sees sort of, like, they pull up right as he's sort of giving up the chase on the car, and he's like, oh, amazing. Starts to flag him down, stands in the middle of the street, tries to get him to stop, but then he flashes back to the cop, like, pulling out his piece <laughs> to scare the date. Oh, yeah, her, and he's her dad, worried, yeah. he's worried about being killed by... A police officer. (laughs) So he's like, oh, have a good... I just wanted to say have a good night, officers. And then he lets them go and wanders off. So he does not get the cops involved in any of this.
2: Yeah, around this time, something happened that bothers me in movies. And it Mm -hmm. was Keanu's, like, audible swallow sound when he (laughs) saw the gun. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that that would just go away from movies altogether. Because it just... that never happens
0: to anyone. How are no they going is... to convey that he's nervous if they <laughs> you don't can't have a goal? Hear him swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ev. <F. laughs>
2: I got nothing. I don't know. I guess we got to keep it.
1: So he sees the freeway on-ramp, which triggers another flashback to them driving to prom. Where he doesn't want to get on the freeway because of traffic, and she's worried that they're lost. And he's like, oh, we'll just keep driving west and eventually we'll hit PCH, which runs up and down the coast, and then we won't be lost anymore. And then it turns out that he was going to give her a present of a <laughs> so refrigerator sweet. magnet. Yeah. That looks like an owl with wiggly eyes. Yeah. And oh no, the refrigerator magnet has been sitting on the dashboard the whole time and it has made the compass in the car point them east. <laughs>
2: Did you guys see that coming? Because I didn't, and I loved it. Like, the whole magnet thing, and...
1: I did not see it coming, because that's not that's not science. <laughs> so that... Right, I mean, that's... <laughs> no, it took me by surprise that a refrigerator magnet changed a compass's uh, trajectory by, like, 180 <laughs> degrees.
0: It was using rare earth magnets? I don't know if you're <laughs> okay. familiar with those. Very uh-huh. powerful. They yeah. used to make uh-huh. buckyballs out of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, now, they realize they're on the wrong side of the tracks,
0: isn't that exactly what is said, also?
1: <laughs> Literally. She, well, yeah, Lori Laughlin is like, we're on the wrong side of the. And then she doesn't say tracks. There's like, they cut to uh, train tracks with the train passing by. <laughs> like it's bleeping her, which is so funny to them that they put it in the trailer too and is not funny at all to me, but right. whatever. They're on the <laughs> wrong side of the tracks. Um, and then we cut to. Stereotype after stereotype after stereotype that aren't even actually accurate. Clearly, this movie was made all by white people. Mm -hmm. We cut to a montage of, like, there's Mexicans in a purple lowrider with hydraulics. And that's, you know, that's a thing. But they had a sombrero painted on the hood of their car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, I was no, looking at the it's, car. It's,
1: it's very subtle. that It's not like main, in the main shot at all, but I was looking at the art on it. And there's like some sort of tattoo style art on one, whatever. And that's all of that was fine. And I was like, sure, whatever. This is all stereotypes. But then I saw the sombrero paint on the front. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, <laughs> yeah. I, no, no Mexican in the history of ever would put a sombrero <laughs> on the hood of their lowrider.
0: Yeah. Right. It's just tasteless. And
1: then there's a bunch of black fit dudes dancing, like breakdancing all together and they really look like they're auditioning for a Michael Jackson music video, not like they're being, you know, uh, you know, troublesome in a bad part of town. It really d- looks like flash dance and not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these guys are bad news.
2: Yeah, like I would have, I would have sat there and
0: watched. Like, yeah, I no, they, enjoyed were all, it. they were all,
1: they were all handsome and buff and in nice clothes and breakdancing very well. And yeah,
0: where can I put the dollar? Right, exactly. right? that's what I exactly. I, you guys are doing great. It's, it's great amazing. Entertainment. I want to
1: hire you right now. Um, <laughs> so then there's some hookers on the street, and then there's like a homeless guy and a guy in a weird outfit who's maybe crazy crossing the street, and some more hydraulics pull up next to them, um, more lowriders.
2: It was a very it's very active scene. Like there there are so many people out Yeah, and like, there's just like your, to your point, there's like a, almost a lowrider parade taking place. Yeah. And there's so many of them. It's like, why is everybody (laughs) doing this
0: right now? It's, it's hopping. Yeah.
1: But there's also like at one point in, in this scene where they're stopped There's people crossing the street behind them, but there's like 30 people crossing the street and they're all stacked. It's like there's no other cars and it's all pedestrians. It it looks like, you know, that intersection in Tokyo where everyone's crossing in different directions at the (laughs) same time. Only it's like extras in the bad part of town in East L.A. It was wild. (laughs) Anyway, a lot of action is definitely, definitely right. So they're stopped at a red light. And both of them are very nervous. But then Keanu's like, let's bro- blow off prom and catch a movie or I bet we're missing on some sweet ethnic food here. <laughs> and he says the words ethnic food. Yeah. Um, and Lauren Laughlin's like, I'm getting in the first cab I see, bucko. And then a homeless guy leans on the car. And at this point, we realize his window is down. This, this- whole time that they've been nervous about being in the bad part of town, he's had his window rolled down.
0: I feel like at some point it was up, and just to get the story, they're like, just put the window down. It, I, it's, yeah. it's really hard to tell, because this movie has that really soft glow to it, yeah. but it seems um, like at some point that window was up. And they're I mean, like, I we felt gotta- like it was up
1: the whole time until all of a sudden someone's leaning through the window, <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? But <laughs> regardless... There's no window, which lets this homeless guy lean on the car and sort of poke his head in. And he's grinning very creepily. But then he reaches in to the car and reaches into Winston's tux jacket and is clearly trying to, like, rob him. And then he starts fighting back. So instead, the guy wraps his hand around Winston's throat and starts strangling him. And then the light turns green. So Tara hikes up her skirt. And puts her foot up and over to the driver's side to slam on the gas. And there's a whole action sequence of the hobo not letting go and hanging out of the window of the car, strangling Keanu Reeves while so he can't really drive. So Tara, Lori Laughlin's character, is trying to drive and have her foot on the gas, but only being half in the passenger seat, and the hobo not letting go and strangling uh Winston.
0: Yeah, yeah. Big stunt. Yeah, the, the hobos—the bottom of his shoes were made of flint as well.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, the sparks were a thing.
0: <laughs> he had just
2: gotten it, you know, recobbled or cobbled or whatever. What is that? Yeah. The... yeah,
1: again, more scientific accuracy in this movie.
2: <laughs> he had nails sticking out, you know.
1: So, in this area, we flash forward again. This is that was all like past tense. Now we're pre- back in the present, and there's these two white dudes in leather jackets who are all, "Give me your money." And he's like, "I don't have any. I just used the last of it to buy a coffee and a donut, and then give the rest to buy off the Carla attendant, so he would give me information."
0: Right, he's incredibly forthcoming with everything so far. He is. He's yes. like, "I it. I gave my last four dollars and twenty-five for information." <laughs> yeah,
1: I will say that is one thing in this movie is it's there's no lies. No one lies to anybody. Right. Everyone is 100% honest and forthcoming with everything that they say (laughs) in this movie, which is a weird choice to make when you're dealing with this much, like, crime and, uh whatever. Anyway, the guys don't believe that he doesn't have any money, so they start searching through his pockets, and they find $1,400 that he didn't know was there. And one of the guys says he's going to take the money and kill him, and Winston is like, are you Tito? Because that's the only guy at this point that Winston knows is trying to kill him. (laughs) Yeah. And as soon as he says, are you Tito, the thieves are like, oh, shit, Tito, is this Tito's money? And they back off. And Winston's like, it could be Tito's money. And the guys throw the money back at him and they say, tell Tito we're cool. We didn't take anything. Count it. Keanu Reeves is like, I trust you guys, which is (laughs) okay. Just met them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trust the robbers who are holding you up. That's cool. So he does not count the money. But then they're like, hey, you know, we're cool, man. We're chill. We'll see you around sometime, maybe at the Rat's Nest Bar in Encino. And then they run away. And now I have had to swallow a detective father threatening to kill a prom date, which is not very likely. A magnet for a refrigerator somehow being powerful enough to make a dashboard compass point the exact wrong direction. I've swallowed that, too. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that apparently quiche retains heat better than other foods. (laughs) We've had to swallow that. (laughs) But I refuse I can't take any more suspension of disbelief at this point. I refuse to believe in the sand.
0: that anyone
1: is who is scared of a crime guy would tell the crime guy's possible henchman at the exact bar they spend all of their time in. No. And then, <laughs> also, East L.A. did not have a good rep at this time. Um, and still to this day, it's, it's like 97% not white, which is, you know, there's a lot of pe- people of all different races in Southern California, but that is still to this day, like, it's very segregated. But... East L.A., definitely at the time that this movie was made, had some bad parts. But Encino is pretty suburban and nice and uh, even a little bit bougie, maybe. And I think it was at this time. So the Rat's Nest Bar in Encino, I don't know if they didn't know L.A. when they were making this movie. Or maybe they said something like maybe they were saying a street name or something. It just sounded like Encino. But I was like, are you putting all of this (laughs) bad part of town stuff in Encino? Because that's wild. (laughs) That's like putting it on the main line and saying it's in the bad part of town.
0: (laughs) I I didn't pick up on that at all. No, no. Yeah, my only frame of reference for Encino is the titular Encino Man, right? Which looked like a beautiful place, actually. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, think about that, and that's what Encino is like and was even from like the '60s and '70s. So, Mm. well before this movie. So maybe I misheard the Encino thing. It very clearly sounds like Encino to me, but I, I had a hard time getting over that. So anyway. This triggers a flashback to earlier in the night again. And if you're having a hard time keeping up with the flashbacks and the flash forwards, join the club. That experience (laughs) tracks when you're watching it as well. So we're back earlier. They've parked the car in the lot. uh, And the Strangler homeless man did, in fact, get Winston's wallet. So now they're arguing outside of, you guessed it, the Rat's Nest bar. The car was almost out of gas, so they couldn't keep driving it, which is why they had to park it in the lot. And then he doesn't have any money because the homeless guy stole his wallet, so he takes Tara's only $5 to bribe the the guy in the lot. I'll give you this 5 bucks if you uh, take care of the car, if you watch it for me. But now both of them have no money, and the car's out of gas, and so they're like, what do we do now? And Winston has the great idea of going into the bar... To use one of Tara's credit cards to fill out a charge slip, but have them give them the cash for the amount of the charge slip.
0: Yep. This was apparently a thing that you did in the late 80s. Apparently. Before this was all electronic. I almost forgot what that that chunk chunk thing was. I was like, oh, yeah, they did have those. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Um, We used to have one of uh, the restaurants that I worked at for when the power went down until they actually they're illegal now to have. If you can't run it through like digital means, you can't run a credit card
0: yeah that seems safer right because yeah. it basically yeah. just makes an imprint of the card it,
1: well and there were times where the imprint of the card wouldn't come through and we'd handwrite write it so it's literally just a piece of transfer paper with information written on it and we would submit <laughs> that too but also you have a complete imprint of a credit card now that makes theft very easy so right.
0: just run this a couple other times yeah, yeah. it'll be fine <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. um so anyway she says I'm not going in there. We're not going to use my credit cards. I'm going to call my dad. And he freaks out and he's like, no, don't bother your father. We don't need to bother him with this because he's, again, worried about being murdered by a cop. So they go into the bar and they get manhandled and wandered down for weapons. And she's like, we're going to die in here. And he's like, we're not going to die in here because 90% of all murders happen with people you know. Do you know anyone <laughs> here? No, they're all strangers. So you're not going to die.
0: Logic checks which out.
1: Which is which is a heck of an argument. <laughs> So, they're walking down this extremely long hallway, and there's a bunch of people in it, and they're all looking sort of menacing. But then, they walk through the door at the end of the hallway into the club, and the club is dope.
0: Yep, it is. We've
1: already heard a brief uh, clip of the song that was playing, but we've got George Clinton. Anytime that you're in a club where, like, that's the house band that's playing at the time, (laughs) I'm in. Uh, People are wearing everything from, like, tank tops and jeans to cowboy outfits uh, or feathered headdresses or there's one girl wearing like a velvet cape with a clear lucite cane and <laughs> um, so it's yeah. like there's a lot happening and everyone is funky as hell and people are dancing their little hearts out and they go up to the bartender who is for some reason dressed like a genie and this guy is i mean this, this is a brick house of a guy
0: he is massive so
2: we know this guy he was in we, yes uh, he was he, he was in tommy F- boy he was, no. <laughs> the one character, nope. He was in Friday. He was in, he was actually in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. He was in Fifth Element. Oh, mm-hmm. damn! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... Uh, he was
0: he's, the guy on the boat in The Dark Knight. Yeah, he's like guy. the go-to yeah. giant man.
1: Yeah. Interesting. You know, he, he is a big guy. I didn't put um, that together, yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, he's dressed like a genie, but they <laughs> ask him if he takes credit cards, and he says, what kind? And then they say, they pull out it's a visa and they hand it to him and he looks at it and he's like, sure, they're real easy to sell. And he puts it in his pocket and he walks away. And they're like, (laughs) oh shit. And so that he runs after him to try to get the stolen car back. And the bartender says like, isn't gonna give it back. He's like, no, I meant, do you take credit card? Do you accept them? Not do you steal (laughs) them from my hand? And the bartender just says, What do you want to drink? And Winston says, ginger ale, and the bartender says, and and Winston says, tequila. Yes. So the bartender says it's on him for the credit card he stole after giving him <laughs> a ginger ale and tequila. And then Mrs. Flashdance extra in the corner, at this <laughs> point we only know her as an extra, she says, I wouldn't drink that if I were you, boy, and which makes Keanu mad, and so he chugs it. Because he's like, I do what I want to do. You're yeah. not me. so You don't
2: know my life. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Y'all don't know me.
1: <laughs> so now we flash. This is the past. We flash back to the present. And the bar is empty. And chairs are sitting on top of tables and everything. Except for Miss Flashdance is here. She's walking down the stairs. And she does this real sexy strut over to him. And she says, I didn't think I'd see you again. And then she full face kisses him. And then she says, it's me, Rhonda. And then he clearly doesn't remember. And she's like, you don't remember, do you? And then she gets all upset that he doesn't remember her. And she says, drugs will do that to you. Well, first she says, you're lucky that I'm not a crazy emotional chick. And then she says, drugs will do that to you. And he's like, but I don't do drugs. And she's like, well, you can't say I didn't warn you about the drink. And so now we know that his drink was drugged.
2: Do we think Groofy's?
1: So I had that written in my notes. What do you guys think it was? Because... We are about to, to talk about it more, but there I cannot cannot pin down what these drugs are supposed to be. There's a hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic element, so there's like LSD maybe, but it was definitely an upper because he got real silly and real hyper. So is it speed? Is it ecstasy? A lot of those drugs aren't like – ecstasy wasn't really a thing back then like it is yeah. in the 90s and later.
2: But, yeah, the memory loss is really what they hit on, so yeah. that's what's making me think – Roofy, but it could have been a cocktail right yeah it's
0: like a magical drug that has all of these side yeah, effects Yeah, it's, it's
1: like all of the party drugs that you might come across combined <laughs>
0: <Roll>. <laughs> yeah in ginger ale and tequila In
1: ginger ale and tequila
0: <laughs> Ooh. Gross. i'm gonna try that later on tonight just <laughs> i have both of those on hand i'll report back
1: I, I, it might not be too bad. My first gut instinct was <laughs> right, yeah. and then my second reaction was like, "Well, I don't know. Depending on the kind of ginger ale, like if who at it's a bar gingery, goes to
0: ginger ale as the first thing, I don't. Yeah, that's, uh, well,
1: I mean, he's a teenager in high school about to go to prom, so what he does. Teenager
0: goes for ginger.
1: <laughs> well, that's the real question, I think. <laughs> right? Who who doesn't say Coke at a right. bar when you're a teenager? <laughs> <Anyway>. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he had nerves. He was trying to calm his stomach. <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. So,
1: him realizing that he was drugged flashes him back to the past, where the drugs are starting to kick in in the club, and he smiles like a real goob. And then oh, yeah. everything gets sort of blurry, and <laughs> yeah. he runs off to vom, and also make faces at himself in the bathroom, and then have a mime shoot out with a pair of sunglasses. That <laughs> was funny. I liked that part when he's shooting yeah. down the sunglasses. Um, and then John Wick in training. Yeah. He realizes he's in the ladies' room when he hears a bunch of women coming, and he tries to hide in a stall and then puts on the sunglasses and pretends that he's blind and looking for the coat room when the women walk in. And while all of this is happening, Tara goes to a payphone to try and call her cop father, but the the club is so loud that the people at the station can't hear her, so she doesn't get through. So he gets out of the bathroom and walks up to the stage and says, are we going to talk or are we going to rock? (laughs) <laughs> and all of the people on stage are like who are you <laughs> this then, motherfucker yeah <laughs> and then he grabs tara because he's going to make her dance and she clearly does not want to dance because she's still in the i don't want to be here i want to be a prom i don't want to be with all of these ethnic people etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. um but if you remember he took dance lessons
0: he did
1: and this was, As his mother said in the very first flashback, so he pulls her onto the floor and clears the floor, and everyone's totally chill with the floor being cleared for some reason, and then there's a big dance number.
0: It paid off. I think the dance lessons really paid off.
1: They did. They did. They really did. Th-
0: this is uh, my favorite scene in the whole movie.
1: Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The whole club in general is the best part of the movie. Like, from when yeah. they walk in the door to when they leave, the club is the best part for me.
2: I just, it was lit really well. They had really, really cool lighting, I thought. And then the juxtaposition between the style of dance that they were doing and then P Funk playing that kind of music
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. It just really made it. I loved it.
1: Uh, and everyone in the crowd is surprisingly into these two teenagers in their bar clearing the floor for their sort of like ballroom dance to funk music and (laughs) um but then someone has broken a bottle and the the floor is wet and has broken glass so he trips and he falls mid-dancing and kind of falls into slash sees a girl with a tattoo on her boob and when he looks at it and we have a clip of this but this is our first ever keanu whoa oh yeah and then you'll hear you'll hear that in the clip and then you'll also hear Rhonda, who is miss flash dance pulling him away from the boobs and why? And then he gets up on stage, and so that's that's what you're about to hear.
0: Whoa! Okay. Oh.
1: Mm-mm-mm. Hey, it's you.
2: Hiya. Oh, yeah. Could you excuse us for just a minute? Bye.
0: Now listen, kid. It's well, always there. Oops. Look. Most of the girls around here belong to Tito. Tito?
2: Yeah, Tito. And he is pretty intense where his ladies are concerned.
0: Tito Schmido.
2: <laughs> Listen. If I start acting stupid, tell me, okay? Hi.
0: Hi.
2: How y'all doing tonight? Good? Okay. Alright. Listen, uh you know, you got a guy around here named Tito. All right, Tito. All right. But uh, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Wait. Wait. But hold it. I gotta tell you something about Tito.
1: The man is dumb.
2: <laughs> I want to know Solid. how many times they tried that last line. Yeah. <laughs> Just delivery, the one. Uh, it was yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. His delivery of is dumb. I feel like Probably could have been slightly different, but, you know.
1: So, the first ever Keanu Woe was ogling some boobs. Yeah. And then he gets up on stage and says, Tito is dumb. And then we're back in the present. And he learns from Rhonda that Tito is the big guy around here that does some of everything, but mostly he's a pimp. And then this is where we get the big reveal. Winston sold his prom date to Tito. And Tito's mad because Winston didn't say that her dad was a cop before selling her, not because of this dumb thing. So Winston initially is like, oh, I called him done. He can't be that mad at that. You know, whatever. I was, whatever. And she's like, yeah, he's not really mad at that. He's mad because you sold him the daughter of a cop. (laughs) (laughs) And then he is, as he's trying to absorb the information that he sold Tara to another guy, he falls over off of his bar stool from shock. And then we flash back in the past to find out that Winston, he's at the club with two more outrageous Latin stereotypes of different sorts at this point because they're sort of like mob henchmen, like like vice presidents. Probably. Yeah. He does the head guy. These guys are clearly like higher up in the ranks, but there's a lot of facial hair and pinky rings and things happening in starchy these, uh, suits, real yeah. starchy suits. Yeah. Yep,
2: crunchy. So
1: these these different stereotypes are uh, talking to him, and and basically he went up to guys at, who were running the club and said that he needed money fast, and he's got this girl with him, and what he's saying is I got to get me and this girl out of here, and we don't have any money. What they hear is I need money fast, and I've got this girl to sell you. So one of the guys says, does she want to work? And Winston replies, I know she works at the mall.
0: So <laughs> Which then, she did.
1: She did. She did. And yeah. also she won Miss Mall five months in a row or whatever.
2: <laughs> More honesty.
1: So then one of them walks over to you know inspect the merchandise. But I'm not paying attention to that anymore because, holy shit, one of these guys is lighting Keanu's cigarette with a watch. <laughs> this wristwatch.
0: Oh, it was so <laughs> there's awesome. There's
1: a wristwatch and it's like a calculator wristwatch, but instead of a calculator, it's a lighter. And I don't know anything that happened for the five minutes surrounding that lighter scene because I was so blown away by that lighter.
0: Yeah. It was a Casio for sure that just happened to have uh-huh. this functionality. Uh-huh.
1: So then there's a whole bidding scene where they like are naming prices and they go higher and then... Keanu Reeves is on drugs. So then he starts underbidding himself and ha ha ha. And then this one guy playing pools, like, you're a sucker. I'd have paid double for her after they settle on $1,500 for yep. uh, whatever. And at this point, he still does not realize that he's selling her. I don't know how. Even on drugs, I feel like $1,500 does not just get handed to you by thugs. So then we flash back to the present and we find out. Amongst other things, that Tara's in the Young Republicans, which, yikes. But then... Oh,
0: that was cringy.
1: Uh, Rhonda takes off with a sailor, but not before telling Winston that he's... She's not going to help him. Again, everyone keeps not helping this guy. But also that he is more together than he thinks he is. And no one's going to do this work for him out here in the city. Like, they do work for... Like, he gets other people to do his shit out in the suburbs. So he's going to have to find her himself. Also, the entire movie, they keep... Implicating that he and Rhonda have had sex, but they never show anything even remotely like that. So I'm very confused about their whole dynamic.
0: Yeah, and the guy that shows up for Rhonda is like a full blown sailor. Get up, yeah, like like on the, in the town, background, like Gene yeah. Kelly
1: <laughs> leaning in the door frame. Yeah, sailor. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so
0: weird. So uh, many weird things. <laughs>
1: So she's going to go off with the sailor and he's got to go find the girl himself. So now he's just sort of wandering the city, yelling her name and just misses her being pulled out of a building and thrown into the trunk of a car. Yep. Then the car thief drives by in his dad's car again with the same song, which is now turning into a sort of deus ex machina thing because he chases the car and ends up in front of a building and the whole next plot point of the story. So there's a guy standing outside of a building and Keanu tries to talk black to the guy yeah. out front of the building. He's like, I know hip jive talk. And I, I <laughs> could not, I almost threw up listening to it. It made me so uncomfortable.
0: I <laughs> debated pulling the audio and I was like, I can't do it. Yeah, can't, no, we don't I need can't. to get
1: more of that into the world. No. So Then the black guy rightly says, get your honky ass out of here. Right. And he just then the cops pull up. Well, they drive past and they see the two people standing there very, very still and mismatched and awkward and something's going down. So the (laughs) cops turn back around and they get out of the car and they open the door and they do that pose like over the door of the car with the guns and they're like, put your hands over your head. And Keanu thinks that all of this and the cops and they're out looking for him because of the cop father and... He So he thinks that they're out for him and he puts his hands over his head and he's like, I did it. I took drugs and sold her to a pimp. And the cops are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because that's literally all he says is I took drugs right. and sold her to a pimp and no one knows anything that's happening here, including the other guy standing next to him. But the guy standing next to him takes this confusion moment as an uh, a chance to like get the advantage and pulls out a giant rifle and grabs Winston <laughs> and now it's a hostage situation. Where he makes the cops get into the back part of the car and then so they're locked in and then he shoots the radio and then they run inside the building where it turns out the guy was a lookout for a toy heist. And they grab everything they can and run out to the truck and then there's a car chase with Keanu getting thrown around in the back of a truck with the toys and that was clearly on some sort of like gimbal because they were actually like rotating it like a rock tumbler.
0: (laughs) I just want to note really quick that mm-hmm. the name of the toy store, I don't know if you, either of you saw it. Yes. It was called We Be Toys. <laughs> nice. And, oh, my God. It's <laughs> <That's> great. That's <laughs> good. Terrible. Terrible.
1: So the toy thieves are like, I can't go down for stealing toys, blah, blah, blah. They're talking to one another. The whole chase is happening. And then they get away, and they get into a garage, and the toy thief pulls Keanu out and says, wait, so what was it you were looking for again? <laughs> and gets on the phone to ask around, which is more help than any toy thieves would normally be. Definitely. For this random person. He's like, oh, let me see if I can help you find this girl. I'll get on the phone and call my contacts. <laughs> and then it turns out that she has a whorehouse called Gal Babies. Yeah. And these very helpful toy thieves are like, oh, we'll drive you over there.
2: Maybe they were stealing the toys for children. and They're actually like kind-hearted, you know. Sure, Peter- yeah. Yeah. Just nice men.
1: I know a lot of kind-hearted nice men who carry giant, giant rifles with them. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, that's just what you Up the sleeve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: Uh, So these helpful toy thieves drive him over to the the whorehouse, and they're just sort of cruising and jamming, and Keanu's like, can we go any faster? And they're like, no, I don't want to get another moving violation or whatever. And then they're just sort of chatting until Winston mentions Tito's name. And then there's like a skid and a needle drop and they throw him out of the car and skid (laughs) away. But it actually happens to be just outside of the brothel anyway.
0: Convenient.
1: Yeah, convenient. (laughs) It's perfect. So he walks in and the madam has fallen asleep watching TV on the couch. So he sort of just sneaks in pretty easily and starts to go upstairs. And then again, jokes that didn't age well. There's a, a trans thing that happens about a person who looks like a girl and then has a voice like a guy and whatever. And then he hears crying and he walks into a room and sees the prom dress. That Tara's been wearing the whole movie, but it turns out that it is a middle-aged woman doing a whole like balloon and streamer's prom first date scene for Johns, and she bought the dress from Tito, who apparently sold Tara immediately after finding out that her dad was law enforcement, and he didn't want anything to do with it, so he turned around and sold her to somebody else. This, uh, This woman doesn't know who Tito sold her to, but she does know that Tito got three grand for her, and Keanu's like, hey, wait a minute. That guy shooting pool said he'd pay twice as much for her, and that is twice as much. (laughs) So I got to find the bald guy.
0: He used math to Mm -hmm. solve the problem. He did. He did. Cue ball.
2: Perfect name for a bald guy playing pool. (laughs) (laughs) If
0: not a little on the nose, but okay. A little
1: on the nose. So all he knows is that there's a bald guy. And the bald guy would pay twice as much for her. So that's his lead. And he runs out, and he stops a different Latino stereotype. Now it's a day laborer in a pickup truck. And pays him $100 to drive him all around the city to ask questions of all of the people in the bad part of town to find out who and where Bald Pool Guy is. And after a montage of a bunch of not having any luck, did you have something?
2: Cue ball. Cue ball.
1: (laughs) But we don't know it's Cue ball yet.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm
0: sorry. They don't say Cue ball
1: until he's standing in front of Cue ball's apartment.
0: Well, it should also be noted that along the way, he bribed people for their clothes. Yeah, so he has a bunch
1: of no luck with people. And he's like, it must be this dirty white tuxedo that I was going to prom in. That's the (laughs) difference. So I'm going to buy clothes off the backs of like four random men and change my outfit. Yep. With parts of different people's outfits. So now he looks like he fits in. I guess, uh, because the first hooker that he stops knows exactly where to tell him to go. And he's, she's like, here's where you find Q-Ball. So he stops at, at a newsstand outside of Q-Ball's apartment to ask the guy, does Cueball live here? Where is he? And uh, the guy's not giving him any information. He's like, who wants to know? Blah, blah, blah. Get out of here, kid. And as soon as it, he says... I'm here for Tito. Tito wants to know. Then he's like, oh, it's the third floor, first door on the left or whatever. <laughs> Super
0: <laughs> helpful. Yeah. It was yeah. such a great turn. And, and
1: stands up straighter and like has, <laughs> enunciates every word very nicely and everything. There's yeah. a, there, that guy actually did one of the best acting jobs in the movie, in my opinion, mm-hmm. when he goes from like, crime guy, news sedan, get out of here, punk. No, who wants to know? Into like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Tito wants to know here.
0: Yeah. He gestures with like a knife that he's using. He's uh-huh. like, oh, it's right in the building. Third door on the road or whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> like, it was really, really funny.
1: It was funny. Um, and then for some reason, this new stand out front of q apartment sells a bunch of like five or six different models of gun. But they're not guns. They're lighters. <laughs> But it's the like 80s. literally a selection of different kinds, like a snub nose revolver or like a Glock or like a whatever. There's a, six different kinds of handgun that you can buy, but they're all lighters. So he buys one and he goes upstairs, starts <laughs> kicking indoors,
0: which yeah, is ballsy as heck. It.
1: And this is the, the point. This continues for the rest of the movie. All of a sudden, Winston, Keanu Reeves character, is like, fuck all these guys. I can handle myself. (laughs) There's no instigating event that makes him feel like he can handle himself because he still hasn't actually encountered any guys yet.
2: uh, Yeah, I really loved that classic kick the door in and it just closes right on him again. Mm-hmm. That was so funny. Just swings wide open.
0: <laughs> they followed that through where the guy like comes from his kitchen and he looks. He's like, "Huh, nothing." And then he goes back <laughs> yeah. in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, "All right, it was, you got me it it on was, that one." That,
1: that was probably the funniest part of the whole movie to me because it was actually funny and <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like humor that didn't didn't depend on on punching down essentially Absolutely. it was just good like slapstick that still plays um it was it was a really funny kicking door scene <laughs> so anyway he eventually kicks into q ball's apartment and after pulling the lighter gun on him q ball is like oh wait you have a gun maybe i will tell you uh he already sold the girl to a guy who exports and the guy is fat jack and winston better get there in time because fat jack tests out the merchandise before he ships.
2: Terrible, terrible line. You know, it's just like a, oh, God, that's gross. You know, that that line hit me. I mean, the whole thing.
1: We've we've now very, we've taken a very, very swift turn from pimps and prostitutes into white trafficking.
2: Yeah, international sex slavery.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So he is going down to wherever Fat Jack is, and Fat Jack is out front with a very nice car that has overheated, <laughs> which gives Winston time to climb the fire escape to the motel. But Evan, do you have any thoughts on the car?
2: Oh, my gosh. I love that it was it's you know, such like a good a, car. It's like a 60s. I think it was like a 60s Caddy, just a big land boat kind of. Beautiful, I think it was pink, right? It was just this. Yeah, it was yeah. like a, a
0: salmon, even
1: yeah. if
2: real
0: you will. Presence.
2: Yeah,
1: I, it was. I, salmon was the color that I I thought it was too, and it was, it was just beautiful, just a beautiful car. But the engine has overheated, and so Fat Jack can't leave right now.
2: Oh, sorry, it is a 1959 Lincoln Premiere. Yeah, it
1: didn't are look curious. like a caddy to me. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about cars. I I do know, like the like 55 to 65, and those that like Chevy. Cadillac sort of those all those cars that look like that because those are my favorite cars.
0: Yeah. Right. Beautiful. But
1: that didn't look like one that I had seen before. So Lincoln. OK. Uh, it looks like a Lincoln. Lincoln always makes those big giant like yachts. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's luxury. Yeah. yeah. it's Absolutely. Luxury.
1: So. Keanu's climbing into the building and having some fire escape issues and whatever. And but it's OK because Fat Jack is still downstairs distracted by a cigarette machine and whatever. So he's. Breaking into the building. Uh, there's fat jokes that didn't age well, just like all the other jokes.
0: Yeah, the guy looks at the stairs and asks if there's an elevator. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: like, "You have an elevator and and stuff like that." And they're they're really going hard on how fat this guy is. And I mean, he's fat, <laughs> but he's not that fat even. So they could have found an actor who was fatter than Fat Jack if they were going to go that hard on the fat jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, the the motel desk clerk guy says. Be careful with those floors, buddy. They're what you might call antique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Little foreshadowing. Yeah. I didn't uh, I knew that that meant something. I just didn't know uh, exactly what he was talking about. So Well,
1: so part of it is that they put it in with a whole bunch of other fat stuff right away, like the whole elevator thing and it was like boom boom boom, joke joke joke. And so uh, it plays as another fat joke of like you're going to fall through the floor cuz you're so fat, but then we it's just foreshadowing. So Winston finds Tara. Lori Laughlin is handcuffed to the bed, in a bra and panty set that is way cuter than a teenage girl who had to take a nerd to prom that she didn't want to take to prom would have had on under her prom dress. <laughs> Those are that's underwear that you wear when you want somebody to see it, and she did not want him to see it when they met up at the Ooh. beginning of the night. So that's or
2: did she a
1: continuity error, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> Maybe she Majorly wanted to go off. with him. She mm-hmm. wanted to go with him all along.
1: No. No, they just wanted to put her in cute brown panties because she's Lori Laughlin.
2: This is the scene that, like, plastered all over the IMD page, right? It's like Oh,
1: it's it's all over everything. When I searched yeah. this the only that, image yeah, the night right. before 1988, that's the only thing that I saw was this image of her <laughs> in the brown panties. Um, so she's handcuffed. One of her hands is handcuffed to the headboard. And so he does a whole thing about, like, you know, have you been taken advantage of? And she's like, no, I've just been... Stripped and thrown into a trunk of a car and handcuffed to a bed. That's all. But no one's touched her yet. So they are trying to, he's trying to break the bed to get her cuffs off before Fat Jack gets upstairs. And we. this is intercut with him huffing and puffing his way slowly up the stairs.
2: Yeah, to fix that, he lights a cigarette.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's trying to break the bed so that they can get the cuffs off. And he asks if there's any clothes. And she says, no, there's just a tube top and a miniskirt. And he's like, well, that's clothes. And she's like, no, I can't wear that. And he's like, uh, something is better than nothing. And she's like, no, tube tops are out of fashion. Mm. <laughs> and the miniskirt is vinyl. Right. So the tube top is out and the skirt's vinyl. So no way, I can't wear that.
0: Justifications.
1: But by this point, he has Fat Jack has plotted his way up the stairs And Keanu hides in the bathroom when they hear him coming. And then Fat Jack says, how would you like to make it with me? And starts undressing. And then he and Tara say make it to refer to sex about 50,000 more times. when my skin was crawling off of my body (laughs) because I cannot handle people one time saying, let's make it is bad enough. But then it literally is said over and over and over again in the next few scenes. And she has some line about, I, you know, all of the football players have hit on me and I haven't slept with them. So why would I start with you or something like that? And I was like, that has nothing to do with anything here.
0: Up until this point, I don't think she realized the precarious situation that she was actually in. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: the like threat of, of rape and sex slavery is over her the entire time and she seems to not ever realize it. She's joking around when he walks in the door or whatever, she's sassing the people who are like manhandling her from place yeah. to place. She does not seem to realize how dire her predicament is until now.
2: Yeah, but there's there's like a lot of there's a lot of oblivious throughout this movie for both of them. You know, like Well,
1: and I think part of it is if you play down her if she's not scared, it's not as serious a, a subject matter. Right. I think that's part of the reason why they did it is because this is a teen movie. And if she's there the whole time crying because she's about to get raped, it's not a teen movie anymore.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Um, So I think it's more the choice of this isn't funny if she's scared. So she doesn't know that she's in a bad situation this whole time until right at this moment.
0: Which they diffuse with comedy.
2: They do.
1: So there's uh, a fight scene that ensues. It's more about fighting the crumbling hotel than each other. <laughs>
0: it's more door humor. Yeah, really. <laughs> more
1: door humor. The doorknob <laughs> falls off, and then he punches through the door, and then uh, there's a lot of door humor. And then Keanu Reeves like runs and throws his shoulder against the door, and the door breaks off the hinges, and Fat Jack falls through the floor, and the door falls right over the hole so Keanu Reeves does not also fall through the hole.
0: Phew, <laughs> that was lucky.
1: Yeah, there's, there's good physics. It's the only time science has panned out in this movie so far. <laughs>
0: it, was,
2: it was a surprising outcome for that fight scene. I was, yeah, I was. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: So then Tara's like, "I guess I don't have a choice in wearing that mini skirt," and she's really against this outfit, you guys. Yeah. As Winston is zipping her up into her tube top, we see that Fat Jack fell into Rhonda's room. Of all things. Convenient. And yeah. And she's pissed because she's just trying to make a living and, be, you know, <laughs> go about her life and guys are falling on top of her through her ceiling. And then she walks into the room and she's like, oh, it's you. You found her. Good job. And then she looks at um, Tara and says, don't wear a bra with that with a tube top. And she's like, oh, I know fashion. Fashion. <laughs> don't tell me what or what not to wear with this tube top. And Rhonda's like, all I'm saying is if you're going to walk the streets, and Winston's like, hey, Rhonda, I told you she's not a hooker. I sold her on accident. And now she found out, Tara finds out that she's been sold as a hooker Mm -hmm. and then a sex slave. And she gets so mad about being sold into the sex trade that she snaps the headboard off the frame and carries it with her because she's still handcuffed to it down the stairs. And she's yelling at Winston the whole time. And then he starts yelling back, and I don't care what he's yelling back, he's sold a girl into the sex trade, so he yep. doesn't have a leg to stand on in any yep. of this. He should not get indignant, but he does. But he yells back that she's an egotistical, self-centered little brat, and definitely from what we've seen in this movie, that's true. But yep. also, she's been hijacked into the bad part of town, and then made to force like be at a club she didn't want to be at, and then gets sold, in, sold to a pimp, so like... She can be mad, and she can be self-centered. That's fine with me. He doesn't have a leg to stand on, but they fight all the way down the stairs, and Rhonda's like, oh, young love. But then she's like, oh, shit, it's sunrise, and we're at the corner that Tito's going to meet you at. You better get out of here, but they're too busy fighting for him to hear that. He pays no attention to Rhonda, and they stroll right smack dab dead into the alley that Tito and his boys are in.
0: Beacon Street. Uh Uh-oh
1: beacon street and then tara starts yelling at the guy standing in front of the car which is clearly not a good idea again she has no idea of the situation that she's actually in
0: because
1: mm-hmm. she, she's just mad and yelling and so she's like yelling at all of these hoodlums who are clearly about to shoot them <laughs> uh and then it turns out in this altercation the guy standing in front of the car who we think is tito is not tito tito is the guy from the very first scene the latino peter Falk. Surprise! And the the guy who said to Winston, get lost if you know what's good for you. And also thought himself so clever that he'd be better appreciated in Berlin. That was one of the things that he said is walking <laughs> up down the alley in the very first part of the movie. So Winston's like, I made a fool out of myself, but this isn't a big deal. And Tito's like, it's too late. It is a big deal. And then the hench guy pulls out a switchblade. And that's when Tara finally gets scared. And all the bad guys are kind of edging forward because they're going to rough up the kid. But then guess what happens? What I am now calling the Coop Ex Machina (laughs) pulls up. And the car thief jumps out of Winston's dad's car, and he's there, and he knew that Tito had been looking for a car just like it, so he'd been driving around all night to find Tito and give it to him. Interesting. And that's why this car has driven Keanu Reeves to every single plot point in the movie.
0: That car had more gas than they let on. <laughs> if <Like laughs> that dude was driving I'm, around for hours. <laughs> I'm sure
1: I'm sure he stopped and siphoned some gas out of somebody else's <laughs> yeah. car, and that's right. why he was okay. driving around all, time, fair, all night. Fair, fair. So... Tito hits Winston in the nards, and then Tara gets mad that he does that and steps up to stand up for him, but then he slaps her across the face, and then that makes Winston mad, so Keanu's all like, don't hit my girl, and he pulls out his lighter gun, and everyone backs off, because now he's got a gun. And and then there's a whole debate uh, amongst the crime boys about whether or not he'd been packing heat all night, and he hadn't, and or he had. Is the gun real? I don't think so. Maybe it is. And while that's happening, he gets up off the ground, gives the gun to Tara so she can keep it trained on them and pointing at them while he tries to get the handcuffed bed frame into the back of the car so that she can also get in the car. Uh, she points it at them and pulls the trigger, which I thought was an interesting choice because that gun is, for all of, she knows, a real gun and loaded. <laughs> I don't know who she's trying to shoot at. They don't show, like, who she's pointing the gun at. But she's about to kill somebody. Right. Except for the gun is a lighter. So the little flame pops up and that's it. But just as that happens, he's already got the uh, ignition started and they peel out of the alley. Mm. So now he has the girl and he has the car. So Tito's definitely going to chase after him. The the car thief even says, Tito, he's taking your car. (laughs) Right. So there's a car chase. And Tara is now very aroused that Winston would risk his life for her.
2: Yes. She's into it.
1: But, like, they keep getting sidetracked in this I can't believe you would risk your life for me conversation by the car chase. And the car chase is soundtracked by music that's like if Yakety Sax and, like, mid-century modern (laughs) jazz had a baby. It's very distracting music. Because it's like yeah. a little wacky, like Yakety Sax is, but it's also sort of smooth jazz.
0: They definitely could have used George Clinton's music for this as well. Yes, but... why
1: not? If yeah. you have him on board, use him all the time. Use yeah. it everywhere. And maybe he did. Maybe this is George Clinton's version of Yakety Sax for a car chase.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this car chase, by the way, is a 79 Coupe de Ville, another large land boat, which mm-hmm. randomly had an air horn attached to the hood. Um and it's chasing a five-liter Ford Mustang. So it's like, come on, what are we yeah. what are we really talking about here?
1: <laughs> You're doing something wrong if you can't get away from that car. Yeah. They get away by driving through a sewer. And then the next thing we cut to, we're at her popular friend Lisa's house. And Tara calls her dad at the station. He's panicking. He's like, don't call your dad. He's going to shoot me and I'm going to be murdered. But then she lies to her cop dad. This is actually... I, I. This is the, the only lie in the movie. She says to her dad that she was, after prom, she went and spent the night at Lisa's house. And mm-hmm. if he had checked the messages, which he never does, he would have known that right then and there that she had been at Lisa's house all night. And I'm sorry I didn't tell you, but I just decided to go to Lisa's house. Yeah. And then since she knows he's at the station, because that's where she called him, he call, she calls the house and leaves a message saying, hey, dad. I'm staying at Lisa's house tonight, so that the message is on the machine when he gets home. And brilliant! Uh, the glorious days of non-time-stamped yeah. messages and, and <laughs> phone tracking, when I mean, you can make up things like that.
2: You just have to hope that no one else has left a message that references time before right. you. before That's you. It. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. If they were like, "Oh, it's three p.m.
2: right <laughs> the next day
1: after prom," and then you're then you're shit out of luck. But,
2: you know, risk you take, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Then I think we have a clip for this next part. No offense, Winston. None taken. But it defeats the whole
0: purpose.
2: Nice hairdo. You get FM on sh- that?
0: Sh- shut up, you up. <laughs> <jerk>. Gosh. <laughs>
1: bye. Oh. Mmm. Hi, Daddy. Mmm. I just got back from the prom, but I had Winston take me to Lisa's house. I'm gonna spend the night here. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mmm. Bye, Daddy. Ta-da. You know, it's awesome when you think about it, being able to manipulate history like that.
0: You mean, you're not gonna tell your father about getting sold to the pimp?
1: You got sold to a pimp? Or
2: about Fat Jack?
1: Fat Jack? Total blimp. And, and, and he, he was the pimp? No, he was the blimp. Tito was the pimp. Fat Jack was more of a white slavery guy, right? Yeah, yeah, but... Oh,
2: and, 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 and that's why you're handcuffed to half of a bed headboard. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat>
0: Only it used to be a whole bed headboard until we went into the sewer. You took Tara into a sewer? Yeah, only for a
2: couple of seconds. Still, it was pretty gross. Okay. This sounds like maybe it would be as bad as being seen at the prom with Winston. Tara, not that I'm not grateful or
1: anything, but why did you do it? You risked your life for me, Winston. Nobody's ever risked their life for me before.
0: There you have it. That's love.
1: There you have it. So now she, now the, the hot popular girl is all in on the nerd because of this whole life-saving thing. Uh, and then she's like, oh, no. My dad, he's a cop. He's trained to notice things. He's definitely going <laughs> to notice me handcuffed to a headboard in my brawn and panties. Um, <clears throat> so then they put on some of Lisa's clothes. And Lisa's shocked that she would change clothes in front of Keanu Reeves and whatever. And Keanu Reeves is trying to saw the headboard the handcuffs off the headboard while this is happening uh and literally as the dad drives up into the driveway they're still sawing away so she like puts her head out the door but leaves her arm inside the house and keanu reeves is sawing in the house and the dad doesn't see it and they get it undone she still has the handcuffs on but at least she can hide that behind her back yeah and then the the Keanu, as soon as the, the headboard comes off, juts out of the house, gets into his car and pulls up like he hadn't been there the whole time. And the dad is like, what the hell was with that phone call last night where you were looking for my daughter? And uh, he's like, I was trying to find your daughter to tell her that even though she's a pain in the ass, I think I can handle her. And the dad's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I get that. You can drive her home. And I was like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: what is happening? That was the most outrageous clip of conversation. She, he's like... She's kind of a bitch. And the dad's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, but I think I'm into it anyway. And the dad's like, well, good for you. Get out of here, you crazy kids. And I'm, I was, mm-hmm. that was my least favorite part of the whole movie.
0: Yeah, it was quite a, just like an about face for everybody. Like he yeah. says that she's a pain in the ass. She looks very indignant about that. Very offended. Very offended. The father agrees. Everybody kind of has a little bit of a laugh. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, it's all good. Come on. Hop in the Mustang. Let's go. Get in,
1: bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So then they get into his car. Keanu's, well, his dad's car. And then he hot wires the ignition. uh, Mm -hmm. And the car starts. And then they kiss. And then he does like a spinning rubber drift thing in the cul-de-sac right in front of cop dad. And the cop dad's like, oh, no, he's a bad boy. And then they speed (laughs) off into the sunset. So it ends with him apparently now being a badass instead of a nerd. (laughs) The end.
0: I was sold. (laughs) (laughs) It only took, it was the last 10 minutes of the film. that he he learned a lot, man. He had to rise
2: to the occasion. He became a man in one night
0: and the following morning. Right. I don't know. I'm not super sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not. The I character
0: development mm, doesn't track. Doesn't track for me.
1: Agreed. <laughs> Agreed.
0: So, I guess, with all of that, Whitney, <laughs> th- I think I know the answer, uh-huh. but... I think
1: you know the answer as well. I think you might have said it uh-huh. right up at the
0: front, but yes. would you recommend this film?
1: <laughs> no, I would not recommend this film. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I think that that it is... Uh, it, does not play well at all anymore. I think maybe it would have been funnier and it would have been whatever at the time, Um, even though I think at the time I still would have found it mean because every joke is negatively about another person. Um, It was at least humor that people found more acceptable, but I, yeah, no, it's wildly racist and it's about a girl getting sold into a sex trade, which is stuff that a lot of people don't want to hear about and all of the jokes were being mean about people instead of just stuff that was funny. So, no, I do not recommend this film.
0: Okay, okay. Evan, do you recommend this film? I may or may not have already recommended it to someone, so... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, IRL, you recommended this? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Let's just use that as my answer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. I would not recommend this. There are movies that did this premise way better. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they came after, so they had a lot of learning and incorporating new techniques and stuff, but this was probably a fine prototype at the time, and maybe it was different from what other comedies were doing, but I never once laughed out loud. All of the humor that I found the funniest had to do with doors, Mm -hmm. so that says a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it fell flat for the most part for me, so... It was nice to see Keanu try something. This is the first outright comedy he's done, mm-hmm. I guess. So he's done some funny stuff that we've watched already, but perhaps unintentionally funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the only reason anything in this movie worked was him. Yeah. I think that the script was was bad and the like the direction was bad, but I do think that Keanu Reeves made it so that I watched the whole movie. You know, I watched the whole hour and a half all the way through. So um, I also don't think it's as bad as other stuff that we've seen. It was like, I'm I'm doing a lot of poo-pooing it right now, but that's because I think that specifically the, the subject matter of a lot of the stuff in this movie rubs me a much wronger way than a lot of the movies that were just bad that we've seen. But it's also, it was entertaining.
0: Yeah. The comedy is one thing that tends to age the worst. Mm. So, Agree there. But are, so we're feeling him getting into this
1: mm-hmm.
0: comedy world a little bit more now, though. Is yeah, I, I think he consensus? did a good job
1: at it. I think he yeah. uh definitely does not maybe have his full chops for comedy. But I also think that he carried the movie. So,
0: yep, I agree. The one thing I want to keep doing, if we can, is this where is going to this... get
1: cumbersome very quickly.
0: You think so? Yeah. Where this fits I'm into, into it, our though. ranking. I'm
1: into it, though. Yeah.
0: So now we're at six films. Yeah. And I'm counting on both of you to remember. I remember being incredulous with yours, Whitney, because I thought yes. the opposite of what you said. So you said chronologically last week. Yes. Where I does this one I think that they've gotten
1: better with every week. I. Um,
0: does this one buck that trend?
1: It does buck that trend, for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> I think I would probably put this behind River's Edge and Brotherhood of Justice.
0: Okay. So oh, around, okay. all right, got it. Around number th- three for you mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, in okay. the middle. Yeah. Ev? Where would you slot this one? I think this is going to be,
2: let's see. It's going to be the best one uh, so far for
0: me. Is that right? Yeah. Really? So number one for you currently.
2: Yeah. I just purely on, on what I thought Keanu brought to the movie. Interesting.
0: See, I'm going to go ahead and say second to last for me, just above uh, one step away. <laughs> so wow. Well, yeah. Wow. I, I was not a fan. So wait, I mean, this was worse than flying? Yeah. Flying, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know now that you say that you've changed my mind? It is worse than flying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it behind flying. Oh, okay, man. so it's
0: now number five for you, right? Yeah. Are we at it's the same spot for us. Second, yeah, it's second in the to same last. spot for okay, us. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna get our rankings into a spreadsheet, probably the same one as the films
1: yeah that would be a good one. That way we can just kind of talk about the last like three or four, but yes. keep updating them as we go so that we always know what the top three or four have been so far. I think that's a good idea.
0: Wait, so this was this was better or worse than young blood worse worse by a lot okay, yeah, all right yeah so then, i I have every exactly. other movie except one step away above this one, so that is
1: crazy. And flying was rough, but flying... I would watch flying again before I would watch this again.
0: Right. We know that I was not a fan of flying by any stretch. But (laughs) for whatever reason, these are the things... I'm drawn to comedy. So when it's done really well, I will latch right onto it. And Mm -hmm. when it's done poorly, I turn it off.
1: I think that's part of it. I think that drama that you don't get into still is telling a story and and isn't quite as, as... like you said earlier, polarizing. I think you can not like a, a movie that's dramatic and still be like, I get what they were doing. It just wasn't for me. But comedy, yeah. when it fails, it's not funny, which is the whole point of the movie. So it goes like way on the other end of the scale.
0: Exactly. the Comedy does not have a story to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has to exist on comedy alone. Got it.
1: You know, maybe you can fall back on science like this movie did. <laughs> Multiple
2: times. A lot, of, a lot of sound science in this <laughs> movie.
0: <laughs> this movie could fall back on the music reliably and that's it and only for that 15 minute club sequence but
1: eh. but boy was it good in that 15 minute club sequence it oh, totally all, was
0: it was all george clinton that's why right yeah so that's where that is i'll get that spreadsheet together for us we can i'll populate all of these ones so far i think it'll be interesting to track some of these obviously i think it'll continue to go chronologically for a mm-hmm. lot of these and then some of them will probably be quite a backslide where we'll, yeah. we'll be back down yeah. in this neck of the woods for, for even for me, newer movies for
1: me it's been you know pretty steady incline but i think we're gonna see a lot of you know uh peaks and valleys
0: yeah classic keanu
1: yeah that's his whole that's that's the what's so intriguing about keanu reeves is the peaks and valleys
0: that's it you gotta we have to stay strong through yep. the through the good and the bad exactly so. So next week, I will be leading the discussion on a film called Permanent Record. I have not seen this. Have either of you seen this before? No.
1: So this is one of those movies when we first started talking about how many movies on the list we've seen. Yeah. Something about this is very, very familiar to me, but I can't recall any of the movie. So I think maybe it was like on TV once and I caught. 10 minutes of it and then flipped to something else or it was on in the background while it was at someone's house or something like that because like the the poster and the the sort of the general overview i think something is familiar but i think it just sort of seeped into my co- subconscious i don't think i've actually watched the movie
0: so i think this one is probably from what i've read i try not to read too much about them in advance yeah me if too. I, especially if i haven't seen them i'm certain this one kind of falls more into the drama side. So this was just dip a toe into comedy and get back into what he has been doing for the most part. So that'll be interesting to see. And I think this also has a pretty decent cast permanent record. I mean, Mm -hmm. so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I have not pre, I have not pre looked at the rotten tomato score, so I don't know if there's a critical reception for it or not, but
0: uh, that's the hardest part for me. Putting these together is I, if it does have criticals, I was like, don't look, don't look, don't look. Just go to the user reviews because <laughs> yeah. the users are almost uni- universally wrong. Yes, <laughs> so, they are. As we've seen with Kojo. Oh, I'm sorry, Kojo, if you happen to listen to this at some point. Instant you classic. You are dead wrong.
1: <laughs> but nice work on the time travel to get to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any other high-level thoughts before we bring this thing in for a landing?
1: No, that's no. everything.
0: Go All watch right. it.
1: Or don't. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Second to last. You can find our website at coolbreezepod.com and access all of our episodes, list of films we'll be reviewing very soon. You'll see our rankings and much more. You can reach out to us by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at Cool Pod. If you think this is a podcast you can get behind, please give us a subscription on your preferred platform, and a review would be much appreciated. We'll be back next week, but until then, Whitney, where can we keep up with you on the internet?
1: Um, okay, so I've got a lot of podcasts. So I am on a real play podcast called Myth Takes, um, where we play a monster of the week game. And then I am on a video game podcast called Almost Better Than Silence, where we talk about video games that we've played uh, over the last week or so and any video game news that's out. And then sometimes we get derailed into other stuff like talking about, I think one of the first episodes I was on of Almost Better Than Silence, we talked about if Iron Man poops in his suit. (laughs) um and then my other uh podcast is called historical hotties and it's kind of um uh, it's we take different categories of historical figure and try and figure out which one is the hottest and the most recent one that i believe is out is uh wits and we pitted dorothy parker against oscar wilde uh to debate which one was hotter between the two uh and coming up next week is going to be singers i believe which is uh I don't want to give away no spoilers, but we did just get written up. There was an interview with us in All Geek to Me. If you want to go find that where they interviewed my sister and I about historical hotties. That interview just came out. And uh, I'm also working right now on a stunt podcast that I will reveal more details of when it's uh, closer to actually being done Um, because I decided there was not not enough podcasting in my life. So I'm going to do a (laughs) one-off stunt thing. And uh, I will let you guys know about that when that happens. But you can kind of keep up with all of those um, on Twitter. I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, and it's spelled N-E-L-S-E-N. And uh, yeah, I will usually retweet or tweet about everything that's going on with me on the internet. So you can find me there.
0: Nice. We, I think that interview with you and your sister is really... We'll link to that in the show notes, because oh, that was yay, really thanks. cool, so...
1: Thanks. Yeah, I think it turned out pretty well. Awesome. Ev?
0: <clears throat> yes, Andrew? If you would be so kind.
1: You better take at least five minutes since I took so long, Evan.
0: Yeah. I need you, you to go ahead really and list get into this. all, all right. of the things that you are doing on the internet currently. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. <laughs> um... I'm on Instagram
2: at at Evan Acree, A C R E E. That happens to also be my Twitter handle, but don't follow it; it's terrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, uh, yeah, that about does it. <laughs> no, but there are there are things coming. Okay, so I'm going to do a little bit of that, mm. like Whitney did. There. I'm making moves on the interwebs. And uh, so, you know, stay tuned. There's going to be big changes in the Evan Wells internet presence.
1: Whoa, intrigue.
0: Uh by then we'll only have 10 seconds for you to do your outro so yeah, you know it'll just I'm sorry you missed the window <laughs> as this thing gets more and more popular there'll be less time for us so we just got to focus on the on the work all right
2: i got to i got to double my efforts
0: <laughs> i will keep it short just follow me on twitter at dark driving i tweet a lot about this show and many other nerdy things and you can find all the other stuff i'm working on there so that would be awesome so with that thank you all for joining us and in the words of bill s preston and ted theodore logan be excellent to each other party on dudes